So our audacious goal is we want to double the size of the entire sport in the next 20 years. We think that using virtual reality technology and eventually augmented reality and frankly, whatever other technology we can use, we think it'll allow us to create this much more efficient funnel where we can take people that have any interest in the sport and show them best components of the game that'll get them coming back to do more of it and keep them attracted to the game versus them falling off because of all the friction that comes with it. I'm Roberto, engineer turned PGA Tour player turned businessman. And I'm Dan, businessman on the weekdays and average golfer on the weekends. On the Course Record Show, we talk to some of the smartest people in the golf business and get the inside stories and strategies driving the business of golf forward. Today on the Course Record Show, we're joined by Ryan Engel. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Golf Plus VR a virtual reality golf game. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roberto. It's great to be here. Ryan, let me ask you this. A lot of people like golf because you get outside, you connect with people, you can get away from your screen for a few hours. Does virtual reality golf make us more connected or less connected? I'm obviously extremely biased, but uh, I would say it's definitely more connected. Um, I'll frame that by saying nothing replaces being outside on a real golf course with nice weather, with friends that you want to be there with, and all the things that we love about golf. Nothing replaces that. Um, but for somebody like me, I've, you know, I've got this business that I'm running. I've got a couple kids. I've got my wife. I've got my house. I live in Austin, Texas, where it's going to be like 105 degrees today. Uh, sometimes getting out onto the golf course just isn't possible due to time or isn't ideal due to weather or other circumstances. Um, so the interesting thing about VR is even though you are, you know, technically looking at a screen of pixels, because it surrounds your entire view and you've got headphones on, so you're hearing the, the environment, it really feels like you're not inside. It feels like you are on a golf course, even if it is in VR. Um, and with our multiplayer experience, you can play with other people at the same time. So you and I could play, even though we're in completely different parts of the country, different time zones, it could be first thing in the morning, it could be late at night before bed, and we can play around in about, you know, an 18 hole round in about half an hour. So when you strap in there and you've got a friend there next to you, or even a stranger and you're hitting golf balls and you're on, you know, a gorgeous golf course, uh, it really doesn't feel like you're inside at your house at 10 PM or whatever the case may be. Um, so from just a pure feeling perspective, I think it's much closer to being on a golf course than it is uh, sort of staring at, you know, your phone or, or TV. So you're saying it's a different experience than being in PowerPoint or Excel all day. A hundred percent different, unless that like ticks the box for you and you're really into that, in which case, like we'll go down that path. But for the majority of people, I would say entirely different meant to be a very relaxing experience, much like, much like golf. And that resonates with me. Like I have screen fatigue if I'm on my computer all day and then but like, if I need 30 minutes to unwind, I watch a TV show and that doesn't give me screen fatigue. It's a completely different experience than being on a phone or being on your computer for work all day. So I can only imagine virtual reality takes that to the next level. 
A hundred percent. And that's definitely the goal. I mean, again, I'm, you know, certainly the most biased person on the planet in terms of what we're doing at golf plus, but uh, legitimately after most days of work right before bed, uh, I'll strap on the headset and just play a round of like nine or 18 holes or play some of our new challenges or whatever we're working on. And, you know, not think about it as like, oh, this is the product and I should be finding all the issues with it. And like, you know, not think about it as a business. I just do it to unwind because it, it really does take you somewhere else for a little bit. So, Ryan, you, you started this already, but paint a picture for the listener about what how do they experience your product? Are they using their own clubs? You know, where are they? What kind of space do they need? Like, like take us there. So right now we're on the Oculus Quest 2. Actually, I guess it's technically MetaQuest 2 now that they rebranded, but it's the most popular headset by, by a long shot. And you can buy one on Amazon for $300 or probably go to Best Buy and get one. Uh, very easy to acquire. And it comes with the headset that you do put on your head. Um, and it's fairly lightweight, but, but definitely a bit of bulk to it, bigger than glasses, like a bit bigger than ski goggles. And then it comes with two controllers that just fit in your hands. You know, they're pretty lightweight. Um, and right now we just use one of the controllers. So you hold the controllers ideally with two hands, like you would hold a golf club and you swing that controller, just like you would swing a golf club and everything is tracked in full 3d. So when you've got this headset on, you can turn your head around and look around. You can, you know, legitimately duck down and look at the, the green to see the contours from a completely different perspective. You could lay on the floor if you want to kind of see the worm, worm cam view. Um, completely 3D. When you move the controller around, it tracks your hand perfectly. So if you, you know, if you're coming kind of in to out with your swing, you can hit a draw. If you're out to in, you can hit a fade. If you close the face, you know, you can, you can hit a stinger. Um, you can hit every shot that you want. You can hit flop shots. And, uh, we basically built a physics engine that, that is really just looking at the, the club head and looking at the path of the club, the speed of the club, and then the face angle and using the exact same physics as in real life to calculate the spin on the ball and the speed of the ball. So that whatever shot you would hit in real life based on that swing path and the face, you're hitting, you're hitting in our game. The one thing that we, we do a little different than in real life is you can't chunk it and you can't thin it. Uh, so we assume every hit is, is kind of pure. Um, and that's in part because the tracking just isn't that accurate, isn't like millimeter accurate. And yeah, the experience is put on the headset, load up golf plus it's one of the, the top selling games in the store. So it's often featured up there. You click on it, you buy it in your headset, you load up the game, you're immediately on a practice range with a nice clubhouse behind you full practice range. And then if you're ready, um, you go into the menu, you, you can start an 18 hole or a nine hole round on one of our five courses. And we're adding courses every month or two. Um, and you end up on the tee box ready to play around the golf. Uh, if you want to play with friends, you can get a little code and send it to them and they can join you on the tee box. Um, and it's really just meant to be kind of a pure, pure golf experience as simple as we can make it. Super cool. I really like how you captured the physics of the game and got that as simulated as well as possible. I was hoping you'd say there's no way I could snap hook it, but that's not <laughs> what you're coming across with. So I'll, but no, the not thinning and chunking I'll take that, that helps a lot. 
Yeah, you can 100% snap hook it. And honestly, some of the best feedback that we get from our players is like, I downloaded this game, you know, I was really skeptical, but I hit my first shot and I hit a massive slice and that's what I do in real life. So I'm sold. (laughs) And we're like, all right, awesome. Um, So as you can imagine, one of the biggest requests from our players is like, can you make me better at golf by using this technology? And that is something that we are working on and will be releasing later in this year is we want to help people get better, not just at golf plus in VR, but help them get better in a way that makes them better in real life as well. Brian, I saw that on like Amazon, you can get a grip that you grip like a normal golf club and then the controller attaches to it. Have you used that? Do you recommend it? Like, it seems like that would completely change the experience. How does that work? hundred percent. So that, that is, that is an option. And one really cool thing about being so early in this space and having a community of people that are just so into it and want to be a part of it is every single one of those attachments that you see are created by, by players. They're okay. not created by us. They have, you know, no, no real affiliation with us, but we're, we're fully supportive. And, um, the way that it works is it is effectively a golf grip with a very short shaft and then a way to connect the controller to the end of it. Yeah. And it really truly is a game changer in terms of the experience. Um, since you're holding the grip, you know, you can have your golf grip, whatever that may look like. And it just gives you this incredible sense of swinging golf club. It is still quite a bit lighter than a real golf club. Uh, and it's quite a bit shorter, so it's easy to swing indoors. Um, but you know, the physics are slightly different, but a significant leap forward. And we're starting to have conversations with some of the bigger players in the golf world, um, you know, golf brands and, and manufacturers around what does the ideal like piece of equipment look like where this will truly translate. Yeah. It seems like you could weight it uh correctly like a heavier grip but yeah it seems like you could get it to feel more realistic rather than just chopping down a shaft right yeah exactly and there's like there's a bit of a trade-off there right it it, uh just physics wise when you're when the weight of something is really far away from you it's really hard to kind of simulate that um so the trade-off is we want it to be small enough where you can swing it indoors because that's kind of part of our mission, making golf more accessible, letting you play the round of golf in your bedroom before bed without worrying about destroying your house. So, you know, the trade-off is how short can we make it while keeping it as close to a real feel as possible? And I think long-term we'll end up having a solution that that come in different lengths. Yeah. And you can kind of decide how, how close to reality do you want to get versus like how much room do you have? If only there was a professional golfer who claims to have a physics degree that could help you with this project. He's got so many more weeks off now. He could be someone you might want to reach out to. Yeah, if you if you meet someone, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we found very quickly was most people couldn't describe the physics of golf to you in any, you know, any real language because it is incredibly complicated. But if you show somebody a golf ball rolling on a green or you show somebody an approach shot and, you know, the way that it spins after it hits or whatever, you know, you could show that to, to a child and they'll immediately tell you if that looks real or fake. They won't know why. They can't tell you why it looks real or fake, but they just, everyone just inherently knows when something doesn't look right. 
when you're in VR, immersion is basically sort of the ability to trick your brain into thinking that you're somewhere else, that you're not just looking at pixels on a screen in your bedroom. And immersion is interesting because anytime you have something in there that reminds the brain that it's not real, you lose immersion and you're sort of back out of it. And you're not, you know, you're not on the golf course anymore. You're just like in your room and, and whatever. Um, you know, so for us, the physics are, is just a huge part of that because that's so core to, to golf, where if you see a ball rolling on a green and you're like, that's exactly how I would expect it to roll. Um, your brain is just bought in and now you're like, you're part of that story. But as soon as like you see it bounce or you see it stop in a weird way, or you see something where you're like, yeah, I've never seen that happen. Um, it just kind of reminds you like, oh, this isn't, this isn't a real experience and you're playing a game. That's super cool. And I mean, zooming out from that, sort of how do you put Golf Plus into context? Like, who are you designing for? What are you looking to complement and compete with? Like, kind of give us that like big picture for the business. Yeah. So our, our initial premise for the whole thing uh, is really that golf is, golf's the greatest game in the world, but it's also arguably the highest friction game in the world. It's really, it's really hard to get started. It's really expensive to get started. It's really embarrassing and humiliating to get started for most people, unless you just happen to be great at it. Um, it's like a pretty slow sport for in general, but also especially for kids. So kids who like are less likely to get embarrassed and everything for them. I think it's hard because there's so much waiting and time and, and, uh, it's just not as fast paced. So our kind of founding premise is that like golf is this amazing game, but if you just think of it as like your average startup funnel, like a, a product funnel, there are so many call it leaks in the bucket. Like there's so many spots where you get drop off because of how expensive it is, how hard it is, how much time it takes, like all of these things. And our goal is to reduce friction at every, every step that we can. So make it a lot cheaper. If you have a VR headset, our game costs $30. That's like ridiculously cheap. You don't need a set of clubs. You don't need any extra equipment. Um, if you know you're worried about getting humiliated. Well, in VR, no one really sees what you're doing. You're there kind of by yourself. You can practice as much as you want. You've got your own private driving range to like hone in and we'll start to introduce, you know, game improvement tips and stuff to actually help you get to the point where, where you're comfortable. If you want to play with other people, you can just join a public game and you'll play with other people, or you can invite your friends wherever they are and they can hop in and do a 30 minute round, even over a lunch break. So try to, you know, reduce time, reduce the learning curves, make it easy to connect with other people, which is a huge part of golf. Uh, and, you know, just try to kind of have your first experience be this very fun experience so that you get somewhat addicted to the feeling of being good or at least like proficient at it, which we hope translates over to somebody taking the time to put in the effort in real life to play the real thing. Because again, that is like the holy grail. That's like, nothing's ever going to replace that being on a golf course, dealing with the elements, being there with your friends. Like that's what we want more people doing. So our audacious goal is we want to double the size of the entire sport in the next 20 years. We think that using virtual reality technology and eventually augmented reality and frankly, whatever other technology we can use, we think it'll allow us to create this much more efficient funnel where we can take people that have any interest in the sport 
and show them best components of the game that'll get them coming back to do more of it and keep them attracted to the game versus them falling off because of all the friction that comes with it. Um, So for us, it's all about making golf more accessible and exposing golf to people in, in kind of a much friendlier way that still really checks the box on the emotional reward of playing without all of the time and effort to get there through traditional means. So with that angle of Golf Plus as an entry point into Greengrass Golf, how do you think about product features to enable that? Like, do you think about connecting golfers to, you know, club pros and driving range pros? Like, how do you, are there like specific product features you think about to make that connection really tight? How do you factor that in? We do. And, it, you know, frankly, it, it a lot of it just ladders back up to like making sure that the physics are right, because that that's kind of the core foundation. If the physics aren't right, you're not really playing golf, you're playing something else. So that's like kind of the foundational bit is like, let's make sure the physics are right. Step two for us is like, let's get some real life courses into the game. So right now we have three real courses. We have Wolf Creek, which is like kind of an amazing destination course. We have Valhalla, which, you know, has been the host to a Ryder Cup and PGA Championship and future PGA Championships. And we have Kiowa, which was also the host to uh, a couple PGA Championships. And we'll be adding quite a few more in, in the in the coming months. The other big one for us was making sure that the equipment that you're playing with is, is real as well. So we have a partnership with Callaway and we have Callaway clubs in the game right now. We have their Epic Woods and their Apex Irons and Odyssey Putter. We'll be adding new clubs relatively soon and be working with other brands as well to kind of expand that selection and really give golf brands an opportunity to create brand loyalty with people who have, you know, potentially never even hit a golf ball in real life. For us, the game improvement side of it within VR is, is going to be one of the lower friction ways to get going. We think that we can get people over a lot of the hurdles that would just like sort of prevent them from wanting to ever go to a driving range for the second time. And then we have a partnership with Top Golf and we have a partnership with the PGA of America. So the Top Golf one is great. We really try to kind of promote Top Golf and we've offered coupons to our players to go to Top Golf and experience that and we think the more people hitting golf balls in real life the better. So Top Golf's a great way to expose people to like hitting a real life golf ball, which is obviously important and doing it in an environment where you're much less likely to get embarrassed versus like going to a golf course. Um, And then the PGA of America has been an amazing partner because their entire mission is growing the game of golf. And part of how they do that is they have a network of almost 30,000 PGA coaches. uh, And you can find a PGA coach that is happy to work with you regardless of your skill level. So we've chatted with them about, you know, different ways where we can kind of expose that more seamlessly within the app. Um, just to put it in context, we launched golf plus about seven months ago. So we're still very early in this process and we certainly don't claim to have solutions to everything, but we just want to streamline this entire process from first shot ever hit in VR to go hit your first golf ball, to go play your first round of golf and like go find a coach to get better. Yeah. I think you guys have been really thoughtful on the partnerships and I think your kind of stair step is dead on. I mean, the obvious move from VR golf is top golf. And then from there, a PGA pro is the great next place to, Hey, I want to feel comfortable at a golf course. And you keep going back to like the embarrassment and comfort level completely underrated as a barrier to entry uh, to golf. So I think you guys are thinking about that in a really smart way. 
Ryan, um, how do the economics work? You mentioned it's $30 to buy the game. So an Oculus is $300. It's $30 to buy the game. Is there any subscription? Are there in-app purchases? Where else do you get revenue from? Right now, that's that's the majority of it for sure. We want to, uh, you know, a big part of growing the game is keeping the price point as low as possible. Okay. So right now it is the $30 one-time purchase. You get access to all the features in the game. We do have a couple in-app purchases. Um, Wolf Creek is $8 purchase and Kiowa is $8 purchase. Okay. As we add more courses, some of them will be free. Some of them will be paid. In many cases, it's due to the licensing agreement and what the course is interested in. Right. So our goal is to keep as much content as close to free as we can uh, to keep the price low. But we'll also be introducing an in-game currency. And as we add new golf clubs to the game, new equipment to the game, golf balls, uh, that type of a thing, uh, you will have the ability to kind of earn currency in game or buy currency with dollars and use that to, to upgrade your experience. Uh, we're not going to have a system where you can sort of pay to buy the best golf club in the game and you'll just be like out driving people by 100 yards. We still want it to be very skill focused. But as as we all know, you know, uh, expressing yourself in golf is a huge part of the game, too, like golf golfers don't have a uniform. So what you're wearing, what clubs you're playing with, what golf ball you're using, those are all expressions of who you are on the golf course. And in VR, it's extremely uh, meaningful and noticeable. So we want to give our players the ability to kind of, you know, determine like who is your on-course personality and what do your clubs look like and what do your clothes look like and what are you wearing? My, my mind went two places. One, virtual shop credit, which is amazing. And then two, this is anathema to your thesis of, of uh, you know, inclusion and growing the game, but any thought to like having super exclusive clubs in VR, like golf clubs where like, hey, there's only going to be 200 members of the, you know, Pine Valley of virtual reality golf or something. Have you thought about that? A hundred percent. I mean, we think that, you know, it, it's an interesting balance because on the one hand, our goal is to bring golf to as many people as possible and make it ridiculously accessible. On the other hand, a huge part of golf is kind of like, where do you play and who do you play with and what club are you in? And, you know, can you earn your way into an exclusive community of people that you want to be around? So another feature, two features that we'll be releasing later this year are leagues and tournaments. So you could start, you know, the, the Roberto League and you have complete control over who can join that. And you have complete control over what like a tournament schedule would look like and how points work. And if you want to make it competitive or casual or whatever the case may be. So, you know, you can create kind of the Pine Valley of VR or the Augusta or whatever the case is. Well, you can create, you're talking about creating like a group of people that you have that have a limited access because I control the, the group, but I'm talking about like a club, like an actual course that you can only play. You can only oh. click on if you're a member, right? So yep. like if you wanted to play the VR version of Pine Valley, you'd have to know a member and get invited. And like that, I think that could be really, really exclusionary, but really cool. No, I love, I love, I love that. And uh, that, that kind of ladders up in a, in another way right now, you know, golf plus is like a golf game, but we look at it as a golf platform. And in order to be a platform, it's all about making it easy for people to create content for your platform. So longer term, we plan to release tooling where 
you could design your own golf course and you have complete control over who gets access to that course or how they get access, or you could legitimately decide, you know what, anyone can play, but it's going to cost $10 every time you play or a hundred dollars or a thousand. Like we want to create the platform in such a way where the people creating the content decide how their content gets distributed. And we're just sort of, we're, we're agnostic. Um, so we'll always have plenty of courses that are free to play, you know, call similar to like municipal courses. If you buy the game, you'll definitely be able to play. But as, uh, as the community grows and people want to create these incredible courses, like, yeah, they might have a membership structure where they've, they're managing their own subscription for it to get access. And you do have to get invited by a member. And I think it's really cool. I think it's a great element of golf and, you know, long-term our hope is, thousands of people actually make their living via our platform. They're making money, like they're designing courses and selling those courses or, or whatever the case may be uh, to make, make a living, even though they're not employed by us, right? The same way that people make money off of YouTube by creating content or now TikTok, we want to do the same thing for, for Golf Plus and create a whole sort of virtual environment uh, and virtual economy. This episode is brought to you by Holderness and Bourne. I think summer style can be tough. Sure, the golf part is easy. Chino shorts, a great H&B polo, and you're set. But what about for the office? Sometimes a polo feels a little dressed down. So I've been wearing two things nonstop. The first is the Conrad vest. It's really lightweight. It's basically just a shell. I have it in navy. It has a very matte finish, and it makes you look really put together over a polo shirt. The second is the Stuart pullover. This is your classic quarter zip but it's made of shirt fabric, so it's super lightweight. This is a great look, perfect for an office where the AC is cranked way down or for lunch with clients. Check out the Conrad and the Stewart at hbgolf.com. Now back to our conversation with Ryan from Golf Plus. So thinking through your business model and a little bit I know about your company so far, I have to imagine you got a lot of investment in R&D and engineering and technology, et cetera, right? Big fixed cost type stuff. What's the path to profitability like? Do you have to, how much do you have to sort of generate in terms of sales to kind of get profitable, or do you need some of these other adjacent business models like the in-app purchases and sales, et cetera, to kind of kick off? How does that how does that look in for you? Yeah, so thankfully we were able to do everything with a very small team. Uh, we launched Golf Plus with a team of five people. There was a lot of R and D that went into it. Um, I'm I've been an engineer you know, since high school. And, and I, uh, I think I'm pretty good at what I do. So I, I invested all my time into it and didn't pay myself for the first three years of doing this. Um, and, uh, you know, we did it with just a very small team and we've been cash flow positive since we launched the game, uh, originally. Um, and we're cash flow positive now. Uh, we, we, I think we just hired our like 16th person. So this year we've added about 10 people to the team, triple the size of the team. We'll likely add another five to 10 over the next six months and just continue the growth from there. Our plan is to stay profitable. We did, um, we did get a little bit of angel investment early on 
Again, I, I didn't pay myself, but I did have people that I, that I needed to pay uh, before we were making money. So we did a small amount of angel investment to get going. And then recently we did another fundraising round, but frankly, we, we did it less about the money because we are cash flow positive and we did it more about finding strategic alliances with, with people in the golf space that we feel like truly align with our mission and, and can help us get to the next level. So, you know, that's part of why we haven't pushed hard on like a subscription model or in-app purchases or any of the things that you see in a lot of like free-to-play mobile games. As the VR um, ecosystem has grown, you know, so have our sales. And now that we're one of the top selling games, as more headsets come to market, we're sort of naturally one of the one of the applications that that people pick up. So we've been really lucky. We've invested practically nothing into marketing and it's all been, you know, pretty much organic. Uh, and as, as VR grows, we just want to continue to be one of the must have experiences. That's amazing. I mean, kudos to you for going that, going the hard way and really kind of coming out ahead. I mean, that's, that's really impressive. Thanks. There were many moments of doubt. <laughs> it was not a smooth ride, but now that we're here, it's, it's good to be here. That's awesome. Congratulations. So looking forward, uh, multi-part question, what are the biggest challenges? What's next, the next 18, 24 months? And then how much is your growth limited by the adoption of the Oculus headset? Yeah, so um, challenges, you know, challenges right now are, are just finding really good people to join the team. Uh, we're in full hire mode, you know, now that we've kind of proven that there is an appetite for the product, it's all about expanding operations and growing the team. Um, another challenge I would say is just working with folks in the golf space and helping them quickly realize that this is an authentic golf experience. It's not we golf. Um, and, you know, getting those course licensing deals done, getting those partnerships done. Uh, we've been really lucky with our partnerships so far, and I, I think that'll continue, but they just take time. They take time and they take, uh, it takes a lot of effort to help people get comfortable with the idea because it is a brand new technology and it, it is unproven. I'd say the next 18 to 24 months, we plan to continue the growth based on projections in the VR space. By the end of 2023, we think there are going to be about 50 million headsets out there. Uh, wow. You know, Sony's releasing something, Apple's releasing something, at least based on the rumors. Uh, Ocula or Oculus and Meta will continue to kind of push forward on their front. So right now, there may be about 15 million, and in you know, by the end of next year, we think there'll be about three times as many. Um, so that's pretty significant growth, yeah. just sort of from under us. Um, and then, you know, on our side in the next 18 to 24 months, we want to have kind of as many of the top 100 golf courses as we can. We want to have as many of, you know, real golf clubs equipment wise in the game as we can. And we really want, um, to start releasing some of these tools so that our community can start creating content within the platform in a way that benefits them. Uh, in a way where they can kind of, you know, push golf in a direction that we may not be thinking about, uh, as well as the leaks that I was mentioning and, and help people find a group of people that they want to play golf with. And so it's, it's pretty broad. We're, we're, we're kind of expanding out as much as we can. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we, we really want to continue to, to just kind of expose people to VR golf as like a great way to introduce them to the game or just to help them stay connected to it. That's awesome. Ryan. I mean, this is, I'm excited. This is so cool. I'm kind of a techno skeptic. Like just, I just come at things like really rationally, but like, this is genuinely really cool and really exciting. Thank you. That to hear that from you actually means a ton to me because, we really believe that if we can get people excited at like the, the elite level, like that, that always like trickles down, like golfers ask their friends who are better than them at golf, like what they should be, you know, focused on. Well, I think my excitement comes from the fact that in the last couple of years, as I've transitioned off the tour and then into my current role, where we're looking at golf from a bunch of different perspectives, right. I've realized like the things you talked about, like, how it can be overwhelming for people. I've realized really what the barriers are to getting people into the game and then continuing. Like when you said there's a bucket that has a bunch of holes where people leak out, like that's really come into focus for me. So I think, I think you're thinking about things really, really clearly. And it's really exciting. Well, thank you. It's actually that, that part of it may, may frankly be the easiest part for me because I love golf uh, and I just don't have enough time to play it. Right. And then when I do, it might be a hundred degrees out and I'm not sure I want to play it. So this is a hundred percent scratching my own itch. And, um, you know, the better we make the game, the more I can personally enjoy it. And, uh, that's, that's just something that really keeps, keeps me going because I don't want to lose touch with the game. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, we've had some really amazing heartfelt messages from some of our players that say like, Oh, I got your game. I used to play golf with my dad. He had, you know, a bunch of surgeries or some other, other physical issues and he's no longer able to play. We haven't played golf in 10 years. He played for the first time in golf plus and like, every five seconds, he was just saying, wow. And he got out of it with the biggest smile on his face that I haven't seen since we were on the golf course together. And now I got him a headset and he and I play every week, you know, even though we live in different parts of the country and it's just like helped extend that bond that I have with, with my dad. Um, and that's, that's the kind of thing that, that I think people who don't play golf, like don't, realize is the strength of that connection that you can have especially with like a parent or a child so the fact that people are are able to use our platform to do that is something that i don't think we were really prepared for or expected but it's like it's just another one of those things that keeps the team motivated yeah super cool um why don't we transition a little bit with the the in-depth questions are over we're going to switch to put a premium on speed over depth now so we got a couple little segments here to uh, to mix it up. I'll lead one called Tappins, questions mostly about golf. And Roberta will then take us to buy or sell, questions mostly about business. So um, I'll fire away if you're ready, Ryan, and uh, kind of more first answer that comes to mind kind of thing. Great. Favorite golf course? I recently played Bandon Dunes, so I would say Pacific Dunes was probably my favorite. Favorite virtual golf course? Um, right now I would say it's Kiowa. What's the course you're dying to get on the game? Like you can't wait to see it on, on VR. I mean, the, the obvious answer is Augusta, which is also the right answer. Um, but the, the, the other answer is we've started to talk to some amazing golf architects that, that are 
creating incredible golf courses across the world. And there's an interest to do some exclusive content that would only be available in golf plus where they can do a design that is not restricted by the reality of the land, any logistical issues, any cost issues. So getting our first exclusive course that's done by one of these great designers where like they can go crazy with it and just try things that are kind of physically ridiculous. Um, that, that probably excites me the most. I mean, the architecture stuff super in vogue. I think that'd be an awesome extension to it. Who's the golfer that you've seen play your game that got you the most giddy? Oh man. I don't know if I can even answer that. Um, uh, the first professional golfer that we saw play the game and were there in person with was actually Harry Higgs. And that was probably kind of a, a moment that, uh, that I'll never forget. Uh, Harry Higgs was playing with Jimmy Dunn and they were playing multiplayer together with two, with Jimmy's two kids that were in New York while they were in Florida. And, it was the first time they'd ever played it. And the second that they got in there with the group together, the trash talk just started immediately. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so that that's, that's the short answer. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love this story. That's amazing. So who's the non-golfer that you're dying to convert into the game through Golf Plus? Yeah, I think for, for me, the, the coolest thing to see would be like, having young um young girls get into the game i think that's like a huge untapped market for golf i mean young people in general but especially like having much better female representation is something that i think is going to be great for the game like that really excites me because uh yeah right now that's just like generally not what you see on a golf course say i fix my snap hook and i make a hole in one playing your game how do payments work? Do I buy drinks for you, just for me, for everyone playing with me? How does that work? That's a great question. Um, yeah, you know that, honestly, that is not a solved problem. We have, we have got work to do. I, I, don't, I don't have the right answer for you. I would assume you would at least buy drinks for everyone playing in the round with you. Um, uh, and then, it, you know, if you want to send drinks our way, I can give you the, my address in Austin and uh, happy to have a virtual drink with you. All right, me, you, and Higgs will, will jump on and get some Tito's. Perfect. That's, that's perfect. All right, you survived all your tap-ins, Ryan. Over to you, Roberto. Sweet. All right, my section's called Buy or Sell. Buy or Sell Tesla stock. Right now? Right now. I've got Tesla stock, so I'm just holding. Um, it's buy or sell. It's not buy, sell, or hold. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm super long. I'm super long on Tesla. So assuming you're willing to hold for like 10 years, 100% buy. Okay. Bye. Buy or sell simulator golf. I'd say, I'd say buy. We just got one in our office. So we did buy. So I have to say buy. Yeah. Money where your mouth is. Buy or sell web three. Short term. Yeah. That's another tough one. Long term buy a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, buy or sell the COVID golf boom being sustainable. Buy. Yeah. It's hundred percent sustainable. I agree with you. Once people get hooked on golf, they're hooked. It's like a drug. Exactly. They can't quit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Definitely. And then with what we're doing, I hope we can extend that. Yeah. 
All right, Ryan, this has been one of our most enjoyable conversations. I've learned a ton. We really appreciate your time. We'll be following Golf Plus closely and, uh, and really look forward to actually playing the game. I'm going to play it myself and, uh, and following you guys. Thank you so much, Roberto and Dan. Thank you for the great questions. And uh, if you want to get a multiplayer round in there, James and I are always happy to join you. Ringers, ringers. We're already eating. We're getting swindled, Roberto. Yeah, I, I love it. I didn't see myself getting hustled at the end of this interview, but it just happened. I mean, you're a pro golfer, so I still expect a couple strokes. Former but... pro. Former pro. Okay. Well, I'm not a former pro. So. <laughs>
And we might have to pay a royalty to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal called Parent Corner. But they do Parent Corner at the end of their show. And it's all about just ridiculous stories of stuff their kids have done. We have kids that are about the same age that we're trying to get into golf. And my brain went there because I take my two daughters to the driving range and their life, you know, their attention spans 30 minutes or whatever. They love Top Golf. I took them a few weeks ago. They loved it. They loved the birds, the angry birds. They loved looking at the screen. They loved how far the ball went off the top floor. And I wonder if this is another way to hook them in. And even Top Golfer, I mean, I live a thousand yards from a public golf course where I can take them. Think about if like four days a week, we could play two holes on VR golf. That could be a really strong way to get kids into golf, which is, I feel like our brain goes to like a random 35 year old that like comes, that's grow the game. Like really it's building the next generation of golfers. So parent corner, it's an idea. What do you think? I like the parent corner. Let's do like, I, I like it, you know, uh, self-serving but i'm sure we're not alone in the need for this it's hard to get kids in the golf i'm so here's a parent corner follow-on i will be caddying for my six-year-old in her first nine holes this weekend and it's a nine-hole scramble at our club with you know whiffs don't count it's like totally fun but it's nine holes and i'm really interested to see how that goes that's a lot for a six-year-old even with a scramble so I want to see how that compares to our top golf experience, whether she finishes and she's like, I can't wait to do it again, or whether three holes in, she's like, I'm out of here. So, you know, to be, to, to be continued. Well, go team Castro and pack some popsicles. <laughs> That's a good idea. There might be more than the cooler than just popsicles, but uh, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. What were your other takeaways? I was really surprised at how obsessed Ryan and golf plus are with the fidelity of the experience, right? yeah. making it as relatable and accurate in the physics of the game as possible. And how that's such a, that's such a make or break moment to the attractiveness of the product. And um, that's, it's not surprising to think about it. It's sort of obvious in retrospect, but just the, just the, 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 the energy being put into that and these are the other more adjacent aspects of the experience is uh, really struck a chord with me. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we as golfers, we're gluttons for punishment. Like we need to see the ball go wrong to believe something, which right. which says a lot about us, right? Yeah. Um, but but I, I was really impressed by how the, the the ability to nail the detail and really focus on that um, made an impression on me. How limited do you think he is in that challenge by the hardware? It's a good question. I I don't know how that all how that could, all works. Could be above our pay grade. <laughs> Could be, could be. We need, we need that that physics golfer to come in and, and fake, talk about the that. fake engineer in us gets exposed right when we get to that point of the conversation. Yeah, this is where the the imaginary engineer claims come. Uh, have some kind of validity yes, to it. Exactly. Uh, Smirks from all our college buddies who are mechanical and electrical engineers right now. That's right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it speaks to the golfer's psyche. It speaks to what what differentiates an experience like this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've played Wii Golf back in the day, right? It's like, it's not golf, not even close, right? right. And, and um, so, but this as a, as a step up over that felt very compelling. Yeah. All right, what's your next takeaway? The role of partnerships. Can't do this alone, right? There's so many partnerships. You need licensing deals with courses. You need obviously a great relationship with the hardware providers. Um, 
you know, some of the adjacencies, think about building with instruction, et cetera, are going to necessitate more partnerships in, in, in new fields, et cetera. So it's, it's hard enough to start a business because you got to bet on yourself and you got to bet on your idea. But now you're betting on an ecosystem of ideas and so many things need to align to go right. And it can, when it, when it, when it works, it's beautiful, but there's, there's also a lot of risk, right? One of those legs of the stool may not kind of live up to its own, own side of the bargain. So that's the complexity of the vision is, is really interesting to me. Right. What, uh, what fascinates you about that? Yeah, I had the same thought in that I've seen interviews with Bezos where he decided to start Amazon because he saw the statistics on growth of internet usage. And then he thought books was an interesting way to get in there because of the high number of SKUs. But he just saw the internet as the future. And then obviously AWS is like a doubling down of the internet as the future. And that's uh, you know arguably a more valuable and bigger business now than the core e-commerce. But if, if you kind of draw that parallel, if you think that virtual reality and the metaverse is the next generation of the internet, then think about being the first mover and the foundational golf company in that. And it's the opportunity is incredible. So you're right. It, it, I think golf Plus's success is definitely going to ride on the ship of of the Oculus and of the metaverse and just of that whole technology, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a big bet that his whole point about putting in his own sweat equity three years of not paying himself and going in at it that way tells you a lot about how the kind of conviction required in the, in the vision. Yeah. So that was really impressive. I certainly don't have the, uh, the fortitude <laughs> to do something like that in that way, but bootstrapping that way to reach profitability faster. Yeah. I would assume retain more equity as a result is, uh, is quite an indication on the conviction of the vision, which I think is, is very impressive. Yeah. Another thing that jumps off the page to me is like, he's playing a very traditional game in the metaverse or in virtual reality. And I think there's just so much opportunity to think more creatively. Like we got into some of it with like the virtual country club that's exclusive and the, but like you can do so many things. Like I'm going to put on a virtual reality headset and go into the metaverse and play nine or 18 holes. Like why, why are you doing something so traditional when it can be so creative when you're in the digital world? And I think there's probably a lot of opportunity there to, to really branch out and do something that is not limited by the constraints of reality that he, he hasn't, that they haven't done yet. Like many entrepreneurs and startups, right? It's more about like, there's always a bevy of opportunity. You, you drown an opportunity versus, you know, yeah. um, versus have a, versus dry up from it. So it's, uh, I'm sure there's lots of ideas and a lot of discipline required to pick the right ones to do, but that's, but that I, I agree with you, right? At some point, proving us out, getting experience dialed in and focusing on these adjacencies of the experience to really differentiate itself from, from quote unquote traditional golf. I think yeah. that, I think that is the path. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was a great conversation. I'm really excited for those guys. Uh, they're, they're, Ryan was a very impressive founder entrepreneur. I think it's just, this is going to be one of my favorite uh, companies to follow along with. Yeah, likewise. I'm really excited to see it. And uh, I hope I get that invite to the Castro Golf League. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.